Welcome to LifeBeat. Today, Casey, our PAC director, is going to join us and talk about uh, the election since we're just about two weeks out, aren't we? Yep, it's two weeks from today that we will be at the August 7th primary election. And who's going to win, Casey? <laughs> well, I guess we're just going to have to wait and find out, won't we? Well, it's up in the hands of our pro-life voters, isn't it, in a lot of cases? It is. We do have a lot of situations out there where really what's going to be able to decide the race is whether or not the pro-life voters go out and support the pro-life candidates. Well, we talked about the election a couple weeks ago. Uh, now that we have, uh, we have the endorsements and we have some polling out, we can go into a little bit more detail. Uh, let's start with the, the governor's race. Now, the governor's race is always very important because the governor is person signing on the dotted line when we pass pro-life legislation or if pro-life uh, pro-abortion uh, pro legislation were to be passed. So uh, the governor's race we have four candidates vying on the Republican side and three Democrats uh, vying on the other side. That's right. Uh, so the basic situation breaks down to this. All three of the Democrat candidates have stated quite openly that they would like to see abortion continue to be legal in Michigan. They are not really in any capacity pro-life whatsoever. Whereas Right to Life Michigan PAC has endorsed all four of the Republican candidates. All four of them went through the process or the endorsement, and all of them are 100% pro-life. All of them have strong pro-life records. And the four candidates on that side are Attorney General Bill Schuette, Lieutenant Governor Brian Kelly. Dr. Jim Hines, and State Senator Patrick Kolbeck. So, um, as we, uh, you know, the Detroit News did an article, and actually there's been a lot of media attention lately talking about uh, the abortion issue, and specifically the governor's race. Now, uh, say Roe versus Wade were to be overturned, and uh, abortion then comes back to the state of Michigan, actually the Attorney General would be more important to uh, that, and we'll get up to that in a minute, but... Uh, the governor, obviously, is still a very important person in terms of pro-life legislation. Now, we've done petition drives where we've gone around governors, so we can certainly do that, but it's a lot easier to have that pro-life voice in the governor's mansion and, uh, more importantly, having the governor be responsible for all the bureaucrats. We have a ton of pro-life laws. The question is, are they being enforced? Particularly, you look at abortion clinic regulations, you know, are those low-level bureaucrats actually going to enforce it, or are they going to ignore it? And in the Detroit News, it kind of article it gave a really, really clear uh, choice. It, it interviewed all the candidates, and like you said, three extremely openly pro-abortion candidates, and four candidates who who we know, um, based on everything, would be firm pro-life voices. Yeah. So really, to piggyback off of what Chris said there a little bit. Uh, you know, recently Rick Snyder even issued a non-enforcement clause on a uh, shifting of funds away from Planned Parenthood into county health departments. You know, that's a perfect example of the sort of situation that we're going to be running up against. We know that coming out of the primary, we are going to have a very clear-cut situation. On one side, we are going to have a 100% pro-life candidate. On the other side, we are going to have a 100% pro-abortion candidate. There is going to be no mixing or matching here. It's going to be one or the other. 
And one of the candidates on the Democrat side, uh, pro-abortion candidate Gretchen Whitmer, has already laid out a string of proposals that she wants to do to maintain and further abortion here in Michigan. Um, entire string of proposals, including repealing pro-life laws and various other factors. We have a lot of experience with Gretchen Whitmer over the years. Um, and so right now she's kind of leading in the, in the polls on the Democratic side. Uh, not running away with it though, so it certainly it could be anybody. Correct. So at the moment, the three Democrat candidates, Gretchen Whitmer, is leading, but there are a lot of undecideds on the Democrat side. Uh, notably, none of the candidates on either side are above 50% in polling, so there's no clear-cut winner. There are obviously the front runners in both the races, but at this point, you know, anybody can come out of it. Uh, right now on the Democrat side, it appears to be that Gretchen Whitmer is leading uh, sizably, but not over the top, with Sri Thadnar, a former business executive, coming in second, and third is former Detroit Health Department Director Abdullah Siad. Um, on the Republican side, you've got Attorney General Bill Schuette has had a pretty consistent lead throughout the race, it seems, based on polling. Uh, but again, a situation where nobody's been above 50%. Uh, traditionally, it has shown from polling that Lieutenant Governor Brian Kelly has been in second place, while Dr. Jim Hines and State Senator Patrick Kolbeck are a little bit lower, sort of going back and forth a little bit between third and fourth. But again, all of this is based on public polling, and nobody's above 50%. So, you know, on either side, we, we just don't know 100% certain who's going to come out. Not until August 7th. Yeah, I think 2016 will forever disabuse us of the notion that uh, you can always trust the polling to be completely accurate, isn't it? <laughs> well, let's just say that uh, there's a lot more scrupulous looking at the data than there was uh, in previous election years. I could say that much. So uh, as far as the head-to-head -head matchups, they're, they're starting to do a couple polls uh, between the candidates on the Democrat versus the candidates on the Republican side. And uh, kind of a mixed bag. Uh, no pro-life candidate is walking away with it. And in a couple cases, the pro-abortion candidate is, is a little bit ahead in the polls. Though no one, again, is above 50% there, right? Correct. Uh, the best that any of the Democrats have done in any head-to-head -head matchups is at 43%, well below the 50%. Uh, so we are really looking at a situation here where there are a lot of undecided voters. Uh, now, traditionally, it does look like, you know, I mean, Republicans are winning some, Democrats are winning others. Uh, it's really going to be a toss-up race. It's going to end up coming out to, you know, which side turns out, who is really focused, does the pro-life vote show up? And, you know, it's it's just a mystery at this point. It is very likely that the polling numbers will change after the primary, um, in good part because we'll know who the actual nominees are, uh, but also as the parties sort of consolidate themselves, you know, somebody is backing one candidate in the primary and they lose, well, they'll be upset about it for two weeks, and then they'll say, okay, well, I'll back the guy that did win the nomination. Um, so really, you're going to see some consolidating and some support going up, uh, I think, from the nominees after the August primary and maybe a couple weeks after that. That's really when we'll maybe start to get some more accurate data on the head-to-head -head matchups. So I guess the takeaway for pro-life voters is... Uh... 
Uh, as far as the Republican primary, there's no bad option. They're all great candidates. Vote for your favorite one and then prepare to go to work yeah. in the fall. Some serious work. And uh, certainly some serious work cut out for us in the Senate race still for the primary. So, uh, of course, we have U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, extremely pro-abortion. On the Democrat side, we know she's going to be in the election. She's running unopposed. And so, uh, really, the question is, who's going to be her opponent, John James or Sandy Pensler? So, Casey, the, the Sandy and James are tied in the polls, really. And yeah. there's a lot of undecideds. Correct. So, most recent polling uh, that came out showed John James at 28% and Sandy Pensler at 28%. Uh, and as you can see, you know, I mean, that's clearly a, a tight race for the primary with a lot of undecided still sitting out there. Uh, now, this is really going to be a race that is decided in good part by pro-life voters. Uh, and there is a definite contrast here when you look at things. John James has the sole endorsements of National Right to Life, Susan B. Anthony's NIST, Right to Life of Michigan PAC, uh, whereas... Sandy Pensler has been caught on tape saying he would be willing to vote for, you know, pro-choice judges. Uh, I mean, there is no bigger contrast than that. I mean, we're looking at a situation here where if John James does not win on August 7th, we will not have somebody that is pro-life to go up against Debbie Stabenow in the November general election. And when you look at where the U.S. Senate is right now and with the... Uh, coming Supreme Court nominee in the hearings, you know, I can't think of a more important situation than to make sure that we get a pro-life vote in the U.S. Senate for Michigan. So the race is tight, uh, cannot actually get any tighter with it uh, being tight as it is. So, you know, I will pass back off to Chris uh, for any commentary he has. But... <laughs> well, Casey, now I, I got a piece of mail that said from Sandy Pensler saying that pro-life leaders back him. Which pro-life leaders are backing Sandy Pensler, Casey? Well, that is a question. Do you, do you want me to get a cricket sound for you? Uh, well, you know what? Why don't we just go with the cartoon sound effect, the wah, wah, wah. Because <laughs> uh, the short answer is, is really there's not any. You know, I mean, John James has really racked up the sole endorsements of most major pro-life groups that really would endorse in a U.S. Senate race. Uh, and that in and of itself is a pretty, a, a pretty loud statement here. Um, it's not just a matter of what one group saw about John James and saw about Sandy Pensler. It's about what all of them saw. You know, mm -hmm. that, that speaks mountains. Now, um, when Sandy Pensler was running for Congress in 1992, he was self-declared uh, supporting abortion. Uh, in that time, he said that he has had uh, somewhat of a, of a change of heart, and he is uh, pro-life on a lot of issues. But again, um, you know, in Michigan, we are so blessed to have so many candidates that are 100% pro-life. They are the real deal. They truly believe that the value of an unborn child is not based on any particular situation or characteristic. It's on their innate human value. And uh, that's why in that Senate race, John James is absolutely there and will carry that banner into the U.S. Senate. And uh, sadly, with uh, with Cindy Pensler, he's he's just not there. And yeah. you know, again, like you said, when you when you take into context the very 
um, odd statements he's made about judges and there being a living constitution. Very strangely, he said that to a Tea Party group, which is not the sort of uh, group of individuals you, you would want to say something like a living constitution to. It, it's very perplexing um, why he would say that. And so, you know, he, he's a wild card. And I think everyone in Michigan, um, as we already mentioned, the case of Governor Rick Snyder, um, who's, you know, governor that has signed some pro-life bills that have been, you know, that partial birth abortion ban that have been important. But there's other times because he's not 100% pro-life, even though he ran a very similar campaign when he ran for governor saying, I'm pro-life and you can vote for me and trust me, I'm pro-life. But uh, in very important situations, you talk about uh, shifting funding from Planned Parenthood. You talk about our petition drive where we had to go around him for um, uh, insurance plans, funding abortions. Uh, through Obamacare. Um, pro-life you know, license plate. Yeah, he, he's he's blocked a pro-life license plate, which a certain candidate for governor was very <laughs> very keen about. Um, you, there has to be that trust factor for the voters, I think. And if it isn't there, I mean, they are a wild card. And even though they say they are pro-life and they put out mailing pieces that say they're pro-life and they put out ads that say they're pro-life, uh, the real question is, do their words and beliefs actually back up their campaign mail pieces? And in this case, only one candidate, John James, is only the real one. deal. Yep. And uh, this kind of leads us into another point. So uh, we've noticed something lately is that, um, as we were just talking about in the office, you know, our social media consumption is such that, you know, we're scrolling through really quickly we're not uh we're not stopping and reading things you know anyone can go on there and post for example someone went on our facebook page and posted that uh, president trump has endorsed sandy pensler which is 100 percent not not true. factual uh not uh, based in reality at all um you know people need to and or you know any other in any other normal political season people can say whatever they want in a political ad people have to do their homework yeah. So it is the nature of politics that, you know, from time to time, things will get muddy, things will get messy. Um, and social media has really expanded on that. You know, we have reached a point where our media consumption is so intense and so constant and so fast paced that a lot of the times we'll see an article or a headline and, you know, we just won't some people just won't do the homework and we've got to make sure that we do that as pro-life people and as pro-life voters so we've really run up into that sort of situation uh, particularly strongly this election cycle uh, and what I can tell you certainly is that the best thing you can do is just double check everything you see online um, you know as Chris was saying you know Sandy Pensler claims to have been endorsed by uh, President Trump, or rather one of his supporters did. You know, not a factual statement. Um, but how many people see the original statement without seeing the correction mm -hmm. or the retraction situation? You know, that's a big part of why you need to double check everything you read. Uh, is because there are people out there who will know that they will get caught when they make a factual statement and they will issue a corrective statement but if the, somebody only sees the first false statement and they don't see the correction, then the falsehood just multiplies. You know, I mean, fake news is real. We can, uh, we can promise you that. It does exist. 
So, well, uh, you know, a lie gets halfway around the world while the truth is still getting dressed. Yeah. And uh, certainly, you know, we've seen an example of that in the in the Senate race. But uh, I think important broader point overall is that we at Right to Life Michigan, we're not perfect, but we do our homework. Uh, we whether that is an educational fact sheet on the issue of abortion, uh, statistics, whether that's a piece of legislation, or that's an endorsement. The Right to Life Michigan, uh, Right to Life Michigan Political Action Committee. Those volunteers do the homework. They interview the candidates. They get their the questionnaires back. It is thorough, and I would say we have a track record second to none. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the situation with uh, Right to Life Michigan PAC, and, you know, really, it's, it's just a matter of look at where the votes in the state house and where the votes in the state senate are. What you'll often see is that the candidates endorsed by Right to Life Michigan PAC a very large amount of the time will end up having 100% pro-life voting records. That's not a coincidence, folks. That's the result of the volunteers and the effort that goes into the endorsement process with Right to Life Michigan PAC. So I'll let you draw your own conclusions again on the, uh, the fact that John James and Sandy Pensler both went through the endorsement process and only one of them came away with the endorsement. That's right. Well, um, one more race I wanted to talk about, and then we'll see if there's any more you want to talk about. So the Attorney General's race, we've gotten a handful of questions about it, and it's a little confusing because, again, those are not in the primary. Those are determined by the parties. So the nominees uh, are busy at work uh, trying to wrangle up precinct delegates to win their convention races. Uh, the, on the Democratic side, again, we, we talked about how they have a really weird process where they've already nominated the winner before they've gotten to their convention. Um, and uh, that is Dana Nessel, who just did an ad uh, perpetuating, again, not doing your homework, uh, the myth that thousands of women will die in Michigan if Roe versus Wade is overturned. Fake news, Casey. Very fake news. Uh, if you watched that ad and didn't know any better, you might think the uh, world would spontaneously combust if she did not win the attorney general race, but I promise you it won't. <laughs> but um, again, it's it. so basically what has happened is this. Is, as Chris said, there are certain races, uh, particularly some statewide ones, their nominees for the races are decided by party conventions usually in August. Uh, now, the notable ones are Attorney General, Secretary of State, the State Supreme Court nominees, who are technically nonpartisan but are nominated by the, uh, the major parties. And One then, of those quirks of Michigan. <laughs> and we got to be special somehow, folks. But the situ And then the, um, the varying state boards of education, you know, MSU Board of Trustees, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. Well, the situation is this. The Michigan Democratic Party, in their thinking, thought, well, we can clear the field for our nominees and give them much more time to campaign in a general election manner than in a primary election manner if they hold their convention back in April. Uh, and the basic situation, the big draw out of that was that they nominated Jocelyn Benson for Secretary of State, Ran for Secretary of State before, was endorsed by Planned Parenthood Advocates of Michigan at that point. And then the other big draw out of it was that they nominated Dana Nessel. Now they still have to hold their official convention in August, 
just as the Michigan Republican Party does. Uh, and luckily for us, you know, I mean, we haven't gone through the endorsement process yet, but on the attorney general race for the Michigan Republican Party, there are two main candidates, uh, State House Speaker Tom Leonard and State Senator Tanya Schudemaker, both individuals who in previous runs for different offices have been endorsed by Rights Life Michigan PAC and have 100% pro-life voting records. Um, so while we still have to go through the endorsement process, the entire indication seems to point to that it is going to be a situation where we have someone who is radically, radically, radically pro-abortion on the Democrats. I think you can add a couple Dennis. more radicalies to that, and you're still uh, still being reasonable there. Yeah, and a probable 100% pro-life candidate on the Republican side. And this matters a lot because Dana Nessel has pretty much publicly stated that she would not enforce pro-life laws, that basically, despite it being a law legally passed, being constitutional, being enforceable in the state of Michigan, she would not. Uh, I mean, that's the sort of radicalism we're dealing with here, folks, is they're just not going to enforce laws that they don't like. Uh, whereas, you know, I mean, and think about that. We've got a situation where if Roe v. Wade were to be repealed, Michigan's standing ban on abortion would go back into effect. Well, if we've got a pro-abortion governor and a pro-abortion attorney general and a pro-abortion secretary of state and the ban goes back into effect, but none of them enforce it, well, are we any different from where we started? I mean, they're not enforcing the law. They're just ignoring it. So it, it really comes into play here, the importance of this election, because we're just looking at a situation where, you know, if we do not get pro-life people in the governor's office and the attorney general's office, even in the secretary of state's office, we are going to have, a, in theory, a situation where even if Roe v. Wade is repealed and the issue comes back to the states, you know, we're going to have an uphill climb just to get the law that is on the books enforced as it should be. So my important takeaway, uh, well, besides all that, is um, so even for the attorney general's race, even though we have two proven pro-life candidates running, the Ireland PAC is still going to do the homework. That's they don't true. automatically get it just because what they've done in the past. They still have to answer a questionnaire. They still have to do interview. It is as thorough as thorough can be. We dig through everything. You know, there is a, uh, a a complaint that the Rights of Life Michigan PAC will get from people that are running for new offices about why they have to go through the interview process again. Well, it's because we do our homework every time. We do not let any candidate off the hook. Take nothing for granted. Exactly. Well, um, so again, you describe, you know, why the Attorney General's race is so important. Uh, it's not up. Uh, not you want to deal with that with the primary election, but that's something to keep in the back of your mind. And so, uh, any other elections that you thought we should uh, mention, real quick? Well, we uh, we have our state house and state senate primaries coming up. We do have a couple of situations uh, scattered throughout the state where we have got a pro-life candidate in one primary running against a pro-abortion candidate in the same primary. Um, as you will see from the Right to Life Michigan News inserts and from a coming Right to Life Michigan Victory Fund PAC mailing, there is going to be a listing of the candidates that you will be able to see who have been endorsed by Right to Life Michigan PAC. 
And if you go to rtl.org vote, you can also get a personalized list of the candidates endorsed by Right to Life Michigan PAC, specifically that are going to be on your ballot. Uh, now, thankfully, it, it looks like things are sort of coming a long way here, but uh, in a good way. But again, you know, I mean, you guys have got to, uh, to turn out in the primary. It, we need pro-life voters uh, to really turn out and make sure that you know, we get good results here uh, for the August 7th election. Because if a pro-life candidate doesn't win, then a pro-life candidate can't win in the general. If there's no pro-life candidate on the ballot for the general election, then, uh, you know, we're stuck in a, uh, a tricky situation. So my advice to you would be this. Go to the website, watch for the mailings, find out who the Right to Life Michigan PAC endorsed candidates are. Because we have got a large number of state house primaries, uh, well over half of the state senate is termed out uh, and not able to run for re-election. So we have a lot of state senate primaries on there too. Go to the website, watch for the mailings, find out who the Right to Life Michigan PAC endorsed candidates are before August 7th. And now I know there's some of you out there, and if you're not listening, you have friends who say, "Oh, I already, I'm going to vote for John James. I already have my favorite governor candidate picked off." I'm good. Casey, well, what who, about the judges? What about the judges? What about those judges? Today's, tomorrow's probate court is next week's Michigan Supreme Court justice. Correct. And just to be clear, if you, in case you're thinking there, oh, well, state Supreme Court justice doesn't matter. Well, the state Supreme Court in Pennsylvania just redo their, redrew their congressional district maps. State Supreme Courts rule on a lot of major issues, including pro-life issues. So, you know, it's that classic situation. It's kind of like Chris said, probate judge today, state Supreme Court justice tomorrow. You know, county commissioner today, state representative tomorrow. State senator tomorrow, governor the day after. And that's why the RLM PAC goes all the way down the ticket. So don't think that county commissioner seat doesn't matter. If it doesn't today, it will pretty soon. All right, that's all the time we have for this edition of LifeBeat. Once again, go to our website, rtl.org vote. Get those endorsed candidates. Get to work these last couple weeks. Go support some pro-life candidates and show up to vote on August 7th. We'll see you again in two weeks.